Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring practices are nearing their end or have come to an end at a lot of places across the college football landscape. Mid-April seems to be the time when we have those spring games and we start seeing some position battles end and for that matter, a lot more questions be popped up because the transfer portal is opening up. So I want to look at where we're at in spring practices across the country and go over the top storylines and players that I have noticed from talking to people and also just reading our coverage at 24-7 Sports. Hello, I'm Brendan Marcello. It is Wednesday, April 12th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. Uh, we've only had a handful of spring games uh, come and go so far, but mid-April, as I mentioned, this Saturday in particular is when we really get the the most of our spring practices and in, and for that matter, the spring games. In fact, according to my data, we've got 20 spring games on the docket this week, starting Thursday, Friday, and then the load of them coming up on Saturday. But there have been a few that have already come and gone. In fact, this past week, we saw our first major Power 5 program undergo its spring scrimmage, and that was at Auburn. And a few weeks ago, I visited the Plains to talk to first-year head coach Hugh Freeze and some of his staff members there as they try to, one, get things off the ground there with their offense and installing everything, but also, secondly, just kind of rebuild that roster and make it the way they want going into this offseason. And they've been doing a great job in the transfer portal, as you all know. They've added 13 guys so far. It was the number four recruiting class in the transfer portal, according to the 24-7 sports rankings this past cycle. And that number might improve here as the transfer portal opens up once again, starting Saturday, in fact, and running through the 1st of May. But outside of that, Auburn spring practices was more or less about installing things and getting these players accustomed to everything. But the top storyline to really watch there is, is that quarterback? It appears Robbie Ashford, who's their dual threat quarterback from last season, is the leader in the clubhouse right now, even though the coaches won't say it. The problem there is, is that Robbie Ashford had the worst completion percentage among any starter in the SEC last year, completed about 49.2% of his passes last season. Dynamic on his feet, put up a lot of yardage, 2,300 yards in just the spot duty he was in there as a starter and also as a backup of that carousel they had at quarterback. But he's someone who you would expect his numbers would improve anyway under Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze prides himself on being able to take quarterbacks that people give up on or for that matter say are not as good as they could be and elevating them. And look no further than one of the big reasons why Auburn hired Hugh Freeze among the many and what he was able to do with Auburn cast off Malik Willis. Remember Malik Willis 
left Auburn under Gus Malzahn and transferred to Liberty and then got coached up by Hugh Freeze and ended up becoming a Heisman Trophy contender, even if he never really quite did make it to New York City. But his numbers were drastically improved and he became a guy that college football leaders and and movers and shakers really took notice of. And they were able to win a lot of games at Liberty under Malik Willis. I also think the big thing that really popped out of Auburn this this past spring is that that revamped offensive line is really what has improved for them. They brought in four four-star guys from either the transfer portal or from the junior college ranks. They're already on campus and they perform very well. And the coaches there told me just a few weeks ago that they believe that that could end up being one of their strengths this upcoming season. But a long ways to go there at Auburn. And it is very clear to me that they are going to have their eyes trained on that transfer portal at several positions. But the big one is going to be quarterback. I think they're still looking for a quarterback. And if they can get a big one to come visit them, they will try to sign them right away because they have got some issues at quarterback going in to this offseason. Again, that was the first really big major Power 5 program to have their spring game elsewhere. Others are starting up this week with their spring games, but a lot of them happening on April 22nd. And a big one that's happening this week is Saturday at Ohio State. Listen, absolutely loaded there. You guys know that offensively and defensively going into this season. But there is a big quarterback battle there. And the the general feel is that Kyle McCord, who was the primary backup to C.J. Stroud last season, is going to be the starter. But they're leaving that open right now. And he's had some struggles this spring when you look at some of the reports coming out of Columbus. He threw what probably should have been a pick six in their previous practice slash scrimmage against Nickel Cameron Martinez. There isn't really a solidified tackle on the right side of the offensive line. In fact, Coach Ryan Day not very happy with the play that's going on there and and has said that he's not getting starting level play at right tackle right now. That is concerning. And you look at the transfer portal, it's very possible they're going to try and go sign one or two guys out of the portal to help with the offensive line. And potentially, it's possible that their starting offensive tackle on the right side is not on campus yet. And that's a, that is a big concern, really, if you look at the makeup of this team. If one of your tackle spots is not solidified, that can really wreak havoc for an offense. So keep an eye on that. We all know Ohio State is going to be loaded at receiver. They're going to have the best receiver room in the entire country. And you've got Carnell Tate coming in as well as a freshman, in addition with Marvin Harrison Jr. But the top two to three receivers who are going to be all-stars again next season, they not practicing or very limited this spring because of injuries. That's going to be something to watch. Defensively, I think they're going to continue to prove under Jim Knowles, and you heard good reports coming out of this spring. The cornerbacks certainly seem to be better, but both safety spots are wide open. What does that look like? Those are the big things to look at Ohio State was he had in the offseason. But keep an eye on that spring game on Saturday. Meanwhile, national championship runner-up TCU is about to have their spring scrimmage actually on Friday. And talk about an overhaul. They've got 11 starters gone. Eight of them from the offense that was just absolutely dynamic. And then you have to count in that they lose offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, who left to go take the similar job there at Clemson. And so it almost seems like, oh man, not only are they reloading, but they've blown the uh, they've blown the house off its foundation, and they're building things back up. They're just putting the studs up, trying to figure out what the blueprints even going to look like. But man, they feel good 
at quarterback. Max Duggan is gone after being the Heisman Trophy runner-up. But remember, Max Duggan entered last season as the backup behind Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris started the season on the road at Colorado as the starting quarterback, but got injured, and Max Duggan had to come in and, of course, had that fantastic run. He had a lot of experience under his belt. So Chandler Morris steps in as the starter, and he will be the starter, and there's been some great rave reviews. Uh, about him. And in fact, there's a reason why he won that starting job last year, because the coaches really believed in him. And Sonny Dykes told our Chris Hummer at 24-7 Sports, quote, Chandler has literally picked up where he left off. He had such a great spring and great fall camp last year, and he looks like a returning starter. Honestly, when you go watch practice, it looks like he's been the starting quarterback here for a number of years, unquote. And Chandler Morris has to deal with a new offensive coordinator, but it's Kendall Bryles. He of the air raid system under his father, Art Bryles at Baylor. And obviously they have connected through the years because remember Chandler Morris's father is Chad Morris and he's got connections to Art Bryles as well. The former Arkansas head coach and obviously former SMU head coach. So I'm not expecting much of a drop-off for TCU's offense, but I do think that there could be some issues defensively, even though they only lose three starters. But those three starters are key pieces, especially at the linebacker spots. So if you watch the TCU spring game on Friday, yeah, sure, a lot of us are going to be looking at that offense, and and you should because Max Duggan's gone, and so's Quentin Johnson, the amazing receiver, and I think maybe the best receiver in the country last last year. But they got some answers. They got to find some answers, some questions there on defense, especially at linebacker. A few more of the storylines I am really following this spring after these messages. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices... Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Elsewhere across the country at Alabama, that quarterback battle between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson continues to rage on. And I don't think they'll name a starter this spring. Uh, Alabama conducts its spring scrimmage April 22nd. But what has stood out to me is that the offensive line there seems to be better. They seem to be playing much more physical. And that's great news because last year, I think that got them in trouble a little bit. They weren't as 
pushy, as fast, as dominant up front as they have been in the past. And they leaned on Bryce Young at quarterback to get them out of trouble a lot. And I don't know if they can depend on that right now this year with Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson as the starting quarterback. Milrow is fleet on his feet, can get around and move. Ty Simpson, not as much. And again, that battle's going to go through August. But to hear Nick Saban praise the offensive line, which replaces three starters and their tight end from last season, that's a really good sign of things moving forward for that offense. Elsewhere at Wisconsin, we look at the new Luke Fickle era and what this offense is going to look like there under coordinator Phil Longo, who comes from North Carolina, who implemented a little bit of an air raid system himself, but likes to lean on those running backs in the running game to really power his offense. In fact, in North Carolina, he had a pair of 1,000-yard running backs just a couple of years ago in the same season. And at Wisconsin, that's their bread and butter. And with Braylon Allen coming back, you expect them to have at least one 1,000-yard receiver. So don't expect Wisconsin to go in and throw the ball all over the place with this offense and this change of the guard under Luke Fickle. But There are some issues. There are going to be some growing pains, at least when you look at some of the notes and practice notes from our 24-7 sports crew covering the Badgers on the ground there. Quarterback Tanner Mordecai was picked off twice in a recent scrimmage. Uh, The SMU transfer struggling a little bit, but that's maybe some good news for the cornerback spot. Ricardo Hallman picked him off and then nearly picked him off on the very next play. Meanwhile, the receivers there seem to be fumbling and bumbling the ball, dropping passes left and right. But the good news is, is that Badger secondary seems to really be coming on at both corner and at safety in those starting spots. But I want to see more from Tanner Mordecai. He's not reading things as clearly and as succinctly as as you would wish at this point in that offense. Of course, it's early on. He's new there. So is Phil Longo and Luke Fickle. But don't expect that offense to turn overnight into becoming an air raid system. In fact, I don't think it'll ever be an air raid system at Wisconsin, just maybe a little bit more balance and a little bit more throwing the ball and a little bit more explosive plays, but not great reports about Tanner Mordecai, at least early there at Wisconsin. Again, their spring scrimmage that ends the year for them comes up April 22nd. So keep an eye on the offense as they continue to change things there. What about Colorado? Man, oh man, I can't wait to watch Colorado's spring game on ESPN. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, the only program that's going to have its spring game on ESPN is Colorado, a program coming off a one-win season last year and has had multiple losing seasons here of late, just in the absolute dumps. But it seems to me like we're playing general manager more with this roster than we are talking about the players themselves and the performances. And you know what? There's a lot to be said about that. And I think the coaches are obviously doing the same. You know, Deion Sanders has not rewarded or cemented jersey numbers for players there. Only three players, as of the recording of this podcast, have earned their jersey numbers for this upcoming season. Of course, one of those players is Travis Hunter, the two-way player who's playing receiver and cornerback for the Buffaloes and is expected to do so this upcoming fall. Interestingly, Travis Hunter has been practicing only at receiver this spring. I can't wait to see what they do with him in the spring game. I'm sure they're going to do some exciting things there. We get to see Deion Sanders coach who really is Deion Sanders. He's coaching himself out there. That's a heck of a story to follow. But again, you do need to play general manager of this roster. 
They are at right now, it seems to be about a dozen, about 12 players over the scholarship limit. So you got to cut that down going into August. And to consider this, and Deion Sanders' past words of saying, hey, I'm bringing my Louis Vuitton luggage here to buff to the Buffaloes, that they're going to have to trim the roster, obviously. And they still got 50 scholarship players on the spring roster that were on the roster last fall. And the feeling is, at least the, from the reporting from our Colorado crew there at 24-7 Sports, is that somewhere between 20 to 25 players among those 50 will probably end up leaving the program after spring ball. That is a hefty number. Hefty, hefty, hefty number. And it also opens things up for Colorado to still add more players from the transfer portal once it opens back up this upcoming Saturday, which is saying something considering that right now there are about 12 players over the limit, and yet they might have room to add 12 to 15 more players to the roster as it stands now. A roster that is very much in flux despite adding all those players and getting a top five class this past transfer portal cycle, but that number is going to improve, it appears as they open things back up with the transfer portal. And I wanted to focus on one more team, one more storyline here as we get into late April that has really opened my eyes, and that's at Nebraska. Uh, another first-year coach going in, trying to revamp the roster, revamp the the workload, the ethics, the work ethics of these players at Nebraska with Matt Rule, the former Carolina Panthers head coach in the NFL, and for me, most notably, having that big turnaround at Baylor previously as the head coach that got him noticed there. This is a guy who loves leaning in, leaning into analytics, leading into uh, speed with players and length. He's one of those coaches who wants his players wearing GPS devices at all times so they can track not just, you know, all the guys moving this quickly off the burst of the line, but how's he moving laterally? How's he moving up and down the field? How are his hips? Show me the actual data. And so... Matt Rule's a guy who utilized that to his advantage at Temple and then at, at Baylor with talent that wasn't necessarily top 25 talent, and yet he turned them into top 15, top 10 type teams, especially at Baylor. So what? how are things going at Nebraska right now? There's some push and there's some pullback a little bit at times. Um, one quote that I really stuck out for me with Matt Rule this spring was this one here recently. He said recently, quote, we're not here to try hard. We're not here to lose and thank the fans. We're here to win, unquote. Now, maybe it wasn't intended as a shot as a previous coaching staff under Scott Frost, but that's kind of how I took it. And the reason why I take it that way is because that's all you heard the players say. It was all about the Nebraska mentality and the black shirts. And we're doing this for the fans. We're trying. We're playing as hard as we can. That's why we keep losing these close games because we're playing so hard for you guys. And it was just apology after apology. And it was kids doing it the right way, but not the winning way. And the fans got sick of that. The administration got sick of that. That's why Scott Frost got fired. That's why they've brought in some players through the transfer portal. That's why they're trying to upgrade that roster. Now, in spite of that, here's the positive sign for Nebraska. This also comes from Coach Matt Rule. Quote, that offensive line is as talented as one I've been around in college football as a head coach, unquote. Was Matt Rule talking about another Big Ten roster that he saw this spring? No, he was talking about Nebraska's offensive line. And if that's the case, that's high praise, one, because of where he's been and where he's coached previously at Baylor, 
but also good side for them offensively going into this offseason. You can build, obviously, around it, build a team around the trenches. They got some big questions on defense, and they got to figure out who the quarterback's going to be. Is it going to be Casey Thompson, the transfer from Texas, or is it going to be the new quarterback on campus, Jeff Sims, who previously started at Georgia Tech? Well, they should feel good, those quarterbacks, considering that offensive line they're playing behind right now. Now, I'm not saying Nebraska is going to reach a bowl game or even contend in the, in the Big Ten, obviously, this upcoming year, but that is a I think that's the best thing you could have heard from Matt Rule here this offseason, that your offensive line might be as good as one as he's coached as a head coach. That is high praise and great praise and should be, should be something that Nebraska fans feel really good about. So those are the top storylines that have really kind of popped out to me here so far this spring. There's many more things to follow there across the country and in particular out in the Pac-12. But the reason why I didn't bring up a lot of Pac-12 schools today is because a lot of them don't conduct their spring scrimmages until later in this month. A lot of them didn't start up late because of the weather out there. And then also that's just kind of historically how they've done things. So look, take for example, UCLA, they just started practices and didn't get to talk about Dante Moore, the freshman phenom quarterback that's come in there, the highest rated recruit ever to come through there, at least at quarterback here in the modern era. And yet they've got a five-man quarterback battle going on out there, but it just started. Once again, let's get some practices under our belts before we start talking up those storylines and looking across the country. Much more spring practice coverage across the country at our team sites throughout our 247sports.com network. So make sure to go check those out. Go check out my stories as well as I travel the country and catch up with coaches and kind of give my state of the program pieces on these programs. Right now, our latest one is on Auburn. We've got one coming up on Arkansas, and then there are a few more coming up down the road as I hit the road and talk to these coaches and these players. So for our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brennan Marcello. You are listening to the College Football Daily. We will see you down the road. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.